The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited, a show about crimes and technology. This show talks all about the crimes against humanity. And today we are going to talk about the worst crime of all. I am your host. My name is Opal Singleton, and we have with us today Susie Carpenter. Good morning, Susie. Good morning, Opal. It's a pleasure to have her back. Her and I usually do these shows together, and I've been kind of through a a major turmoil in my life as um, my husband passed away and we're trying to get back on our feet here and between me and Susie is it gets interesting so <laughs> today though we want to talk about something that has been near and dear to my heart for a long long time I have done some other shows on it but I wanted to revive it uh, now that I'm kind of starting off on a whole new life Uh, On my own, this will be a primary passion of mine. It's one that I had to park for a little while. And that is really looking at uh, child pornography or basically cyber sex on demand of minors. And it really is just a horrific thing that is starting to happen. Now, it's, it's an interesting thing. I get a lot of invitations to go out and speak on sex trafficking now. I've been doing that since 2008, and quite frankly, the first four years, nobody wanted to hear from me, and I had a hard time, and now there's almost 100 organizations in Southern California talking about sex trafficking, and it is a very serious matter, and something that me and kids, and Susie and I are absolutely dedicated to eradicating. Having said that, along with it, what we are seeing are literally just an overwhelming amount of cases where minors are being abused through child pornography. And so I really want to talk about how all this is happening. I've been following child pornography since about 2012. In fact, I have some very fine volunteers. I'll give a little shout out here. Donna, Donna Sewards, and uh, and also Samantha Gonzalez have been helping me with research. And by the way, if you want to help with research with me and kids, we'll be glad to take this on. And if you're a writer or someone who does blogs or, or writes articles for uh, press, I also need some volunteers like that because we need to begin to get this word out. By the way, I I need to back up a minute and start the show from the beginning. This is a show that goes out to the entire world, goes out to 170 countries. But if you're here in the U.S. and you are listening live, now I know that many of our followers listen by archive, and that's good. I see our archive numbers, and I'm just so impressed. It's just wonderful to see so many of you out there. But if you're listening live right now at 7 in the morning and Pacific time right out here on the West Coast, you can call in to the show at 1-866-472-5788. 
Now, if you're calling in from Italy or if you're coming in from Italy or, or the UK or one of the Asian countries, send me an email at opal, O-P-A-L, at me and kids. Dot so, org. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Boy, am I getting rusty at this. Okay, send me an email at opal at meandkids.org. So what is happening here basically is now the entire world is coming together and it is absolutely accelerating child pornography. Uh, we have been tracking this since 2012. And it's kind of an interesting thing that what is happening is literally tens of thousands of pedophiles, hundreds of thousands of pedophiles are finding each other on the Internet. Now, some of it's in the dark web. Some of it's in the clear web. That's where you and I live. And they find each other. In the next section, I really want to talk about the cyber socialization of pedophilia. Uh, And we are going to talk about why that is happening But one of the things that started to happen as I saw these cases is, number one, the number of people in a a child pornography ring. Uh, The FBI, in a controversial case that we've done a different show on, they actually found one case that had um, over 215,000 pedophiles. In fact, in five of the top cases, it represents over a half a million pedophiles. And in three cases out of Norway... um, Ireland and Scotland, it represents 90 million images of naked and violated children. So I'm saying to myself, how is this happening? And we began to build Excel spreadsheets based on public data. Now, I'm going to tell you that the public data is skewed data because if it's in print, they're looking for a headline. And so we have yet to see a headline that says, ditch digger caught in child pornography ring, okay? So I get it that those headlines, those public data are skewed. They like to blatantly point out it's somebody in a school or like that. Having said that, of those that are public, 40% of the cases refer to a school member. It can be a janitor. It can be a, a volunteer aide. It can be... You know, it can be someone on the on the board of the school. It can be a principal. It can be a teacher, a drama coach, a sports coach. You know, lots of different people connected to schools. Many of you know that I appeared on MSNBC on the Jared Vogel case. He wasn't in a school per se, but he had a nonprofit that went to schools. After that, it's policemen and pastors and I can hardly bring myself to say this. It's pediatricians. The very people who bring life to children are taking life from children. And so I want to understand this. So Susie here is, and bless her heart, helping me out here and doing this research and like that because I'm pretty screwed up these days. I'm working on it, but it's it gets interesting. She came well. up with. <laughs> she came up with a couple of cases here that we want to talk about. And then I really want to talk about why all this is happening. So the first case we want to look at is a case that started with us right here in uh, the Inland Empire. Not our team per se. Now, many of you may not know this, but Susie and I both work with the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force. Now, that's a local task force in Riverside County. Just amazing men and women who put their life on the line 
line and go after sex traffickers. And, um, and so we deal heavily with sex trafficking. That particular group does not handle child pornography. That is being done by usually ICAC, Internet Crimes Against Children, and our relationship through Homeland Security and also the FBI. And so we see cases like this. This happened to start in Fontana. And the headline for this case um, actually uh, is is uh, Buena Park School Board President, big headline, Buena Park, as is over in Orange County, for you folks over in Italy and you don't know California. So about 30 miles from us, Buena Park board, School Board President is arrested after thousands of child pornography images are found at home, according to the Fontana police. Well, Fontana is right down the street from us. And uh, so it got all of our attention, other than the fact that we look at every child pornography case anyway. But this one got our attention because right here in our neighborhood. Now, this looks like a very nice guy. They many of them do. Now, some of them look like creeps. Okay, this guy looks normal. I didn't get an age in this article, but I'd say he's uh, 35, 40, somewhere in there. And he is, in fact, the head of the school board. And he had thousands of images. It's a fascinating story. When, I, when uh, Susie posts these stories on our Facebook page, and by the way, Susie, give a shout out to your Facebook, would you? <laughs> well, just be sure to follow us on facebook.com slash million kids. And I post pretty much daily five, six cases a day that, that cover the nation. Yeah, and and let me make something clear. Uh, You know, we know that these stories, many of these stories are sick. And you say to yourself, why on earth would I want to do that to my mind? (laughs) Well, you know, this is not a game, folks. This is real life. These are real kids who are being violated. And so when I'm asking you to look at these cases, we're asking you to look at it from a standpoint of saying, never again should another person be violated. And what can we do different? I look at each of these cases from the standpoint of law enforcement, because I train law enforcement and uh, do that quite a bit throughout California and also now lately throughout the nation. And, uh, And so I want to understand what can we learn about law enforcement? What can we learn about the victim? And what can we learn about the perpetrator to stop this? Look at it from an investigative point of view. Now, there's some hints here that I found interesting. Number one is that this this case started in Montana. Now, that's normally how a child pornography case starts. There's something called photo DNA. And I want you to hear me loud and clear. Every email that is sent out around the world is scanned with an algorithm of a naked or violated child. Now, there are many organizations, including Thorn, including me and kids, including the FBI and Homeland Security, including NECMEC, National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And they get heavily involved in scanning, and we're not involved in the scanning, we're only involved in the education portion of it. But every email that goes out is is checking for the image of a naked and violated child. This is important because we're starting to find out that there are literally 100 million images out there of kids who have been sexually exploited and, and physically exploited in horrendous ways. So it looks like to me that he got picked up, this guy did, 
based on some ring that he was part of. You see, pedophiles are coming together and forming rings. And they're doing a lot of this in the dark web, but they're doing a lot of it in the clear web where you and I live. And so this obviously started with somebody he was connected to in Montana and then went to Fontana, which is a city Mm -hmm. in Southern California. Montana is a state in the United States where those folks overseas. And so he was tracked through a ring and they discovered him. And that led to his operation down at the school district. And before long, they began to look through him and started following him. And they found an electronic storage device containing thousands of images of child video, child pornography videos and images. And so they asked him to step down. Now, here's a guy who has risked everything, and he's probably going to prison for a very long time as a child pornographer. That means that he's going to be classified as a child sexual predator, and so he's going to pay a very big price in prison. Hey, folks, this went quick. We're up against a hard break. Stay with us. We will be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. 
Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. If you want to call in, the number is 1-866-472-5788. We are talking about a very difficult subject, one that most people don't want to hear about, but you're going to find out that in the future I am all over this because (laughs) many, many things are happening here. And Susie Carpenter is on the line with us. She runs our Facebook page, and her and I have had these discussions is that You know, child pornography is a difficult thing because nobody wants to hear about it. But it is uh, like, you know, seeping up from the the grounds of the earth. It's a a combination and really is tied, I believe, to the Internet. And many of you have heard me talk about the Internet. It's not good or bad. It, It can change our life. It can change it for good or it can change it for evil. And we have to teach our young people how to honor it and be responsible with it. But. What is happening here is that people are coming together, and I'm talking about pedophiles here, are coming together in large groups, and they are building communities where literally fetishes and and abhorrent behavior is being normalized. Right here in California, in fact, there's the Man-Boy Association that is trying to normalize pedophilia. And, you know, trying to overlook the fact that in order to make child pornography, you need a child. And for it to be pornographic, you need to violate that child. And in what other world would that be acceptable? It's just amazing to me that this is going on. So I've really spent quite a bit of time and and, um, will continue to do quite a bit of research. I actually have an entire backlog of research that I'm anxious to get to. Because I look at this man here, he looks like a nice man. He probably is married with children. I don't know that, but I bet he is. Uh, And, you know, he just looks like a nice guy here. And I look at this and I say, how on earth could a school board president do this? Well, you know, there's like a split personality coming on where you begin to normalize fetishes. You normalize abort behavior. And I would guess that hardly anybody who knew this man would have guessed that he is one of these literally perverts, pedophile kind of people. And this is happening all over the world. And it really is an interesting thing. I I want to do a side trip here. I look at just about every child pornography case in the world that that because Susie feeds them to me and I look at them. (laughs) And I, I, well, it's important to do that if you're going to be in this business. And one of the things that's happening in the UK is time and time again, you see a guy just like this guy right here. And they don't charge him with anything. Now, that's not happening in America. Several of these cases you're looking at, they get 28 years, 18 years, like that. Now, we don't know what's going to happen in this case because he's simply charged. And so we need to say that his charges are alleged at this point because he has not completed the judicial system. And I want to make that very clear that, that this is that he allegedly committed these acts. But in several of the cases that we look at in in the United States, they will often get 15, 18, 20 some years, the rest of their life for manufacturing and production. But when you get the UK, and and I know we have several hundred followers now in the UK. Welcome, folks. We value you a whole lot. But one of the things that blows me away over there is they'll get to court and they'll, 
you know, thousands of images and they're infants and they're being violated and they're, you know, horrendous ex- exploitation to the child and, you know, thousands of videos and uh, uh, like that that they do and still photos. And, and the judge there, I know you don't call him judge, you call him something else over there, I forgot what that's called, solicitor, I think it is. Anyway, um, what they'll say is, well, he really is a nice guy. You know, he's a family man, he has children, and, you know, he never meant for harm, and so we're just going to give him some psychological counseling and a little uh, probation. I'm like, really? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting here in Southern California about to explode, and I see case after case after case where the judge says, well, he, he just had a bit of a problem, but he's really a nice man. And it really is fascinating around the world as the various cultures and the various legal systems are trying to find a way to deal with this. And, uh, you know, because of that, I'm going to uh, close out the show. Susie's going to share with you about a priest in Italy that's really taken this on. And that man's my hero because he's really taken this on. But you said to yourself, okay, he's a nice guy. This guy probably is a nice guy. But he got sucked in to doing this. And you say to yourself, and I say to myself, was he molested as a child? Uh, And he never dealt with it? Does he just have a screw loose? You know? How can a person who's leading others in an education system excuse this kind of abhorrent behavior? Well, you see this in case after case. You see it, one of the things that's happening here is that many times you'll see that these are government people. Uh, someone from the NSA recently uh, was, was arrested for this. A lot of times it will be a cop himself. Uh, a lot of times it'll be someone who is a high-level government in. Uh, employee. In fact, I think just someone connected to Donald Trump recently, and I don't have that case handy. It can be anybody. And what happens is they become so addicted, they lose sight of of the risks that they're taking. This really tells you how sick they are. Because when you start posting this stuff on your work uh, computer, you pass the, the level of all logic. But think of what is happening in addiction. Some of you have heard me say this before. You know, these guys, they're carrying this around on a cell phone. It's no longer just a photograph that they hide and look at when the wife goes to bed. It's on their phone. It's laying on the seat of their car when they stop at a streetlight. You know, it's, it's in their back pocket. It's laying on their desk while they're trying to concentrate on work. You know, and pretty soon they are doing it at work. And so when you look at this level of addiction, none of this makes any sense. I have been reading in my spare time here a book that I am absolutely fascinated by for you folks in the UK. I believe, uh, no, I think she's Ireland. I think she's Ireland, not the UK. Her name is Mary Aiken, A-I-K-E-N. And she wrote a book called The Cyber Effect. And I interviewed uh, Dr. Thomas Howell uh, recently about this very thing. Uh, He is a forensic psychologist. And I started reading this book because uh, I really need to understand what is happening. And she talks about 
cyber socialization. And uh, and I agree with this 100%. Uh, I am not a PhD in psychology, so I respect her expertise over and above any of my insights because as I look at this, what is happening here is that it says uh, psychology defines socialization as the process beginning in empathy where we acquire attitudes, values, beliefs, habits, and behavior patterns and accumulate knowledge of one's society. In social psychology, we call this norming. And so cyber socialization, I'm kind of jumping through her book, just giving you some highlights of the book, and I highly recommend you might want to buy this book and read it. She talks about how cyber socialization happens much more quickly because we're hyper-connected. And this is the reason probably I'm going to write a book in the near future about this very phenomena that is taking place. As the entire world comes together, we are creating online communities and networks that are built on commonalities. You know, I always say that I can't imagine two guys standing around at a dinner party going, hey, I'm into four-year-olds and I really like it when we blah, 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 blah. How about you? That isn't going to happen. You see, the Internet has us denying our normal instincts, overcoming our normal um inhibitions we feel anonymous in there and so we go out and we begin to find like-minded individuals and that brings us together in this book she talks about the phenomena of the 50 shades of gray and how it's no longer taboo or forbidden in fact it is a very highly accepted kind of activity for people to go to dinner parties and talk about the 50 shades of gray you all of a sudden begin to see your abnormality your compulsion your fetish as being absolutely normalized now she talks about this in in terms of um, sadistic and masochistic behavior and that if you don't know it's all about being beaten humiliated abused whether it's verbally or perfectly uh, or physically uh, she even brings out in here all about Anthony Weiner. Now, for you folks that don't know, he is a very famous congressman who was married to the assistant to um, uh, to Hillary Clinton. And, you know, he's known for not being able to resist taking a picture of his own private parts. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And sending it out to a lot of people. And even though he was caught and he apologized over and over, he continued to do it. Now, this guy is a very accomplished man, if you think of if you think of anybody in government as being a, um, I can't remember if he's a senator or congressman, I think he's a senator from New York. And he did this over and over. So what is happening here is we're seeing the normalization of fetishes. In fact, she goes on to say, Mary Aiken goes on to say, that we're because of the Internet, we are experiencing a new sexual freedom. It's being spawned because we have an anonymity, we think. We start to live in the fantasy world. By the way, that's how our kids get 
get uh, recruited, by the way. But living in a fantasy world, we feel anonymous. We think we're going to get away with it. We have this cyber socialization, this online syndication going on. We have disinhibition and we escalate all of this. So we begin to accept the unacceptable. And this is exactly what's happening. As she says, technology is not the problem. It is the person who gets sucked in to this absolute tornado that will destroy any kind of morality, destroy any kind of inhibitions, and suck you into a living hell where you abuse and exploit young people whose life then becomes a living hell for them. We're against our break, folks. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. 
Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Susie Carpenter and myself are talking about child pornography rings and how all of this is escalating and trying to get our hands around what can be done about this. Uh, one of the things that really, really disturbs me, and, uh, and I find myself falling prey to it, and one of my new life's passions is going to be helping to find and locate victims of child pornography. Because as we read about all these cases, we read about how bad the pedophile is, and they are bad, and I'm going to continue doing that on this show. But one of the things that always bothers me is that there's no reporting of what happened to the victim. Did they get located? There are hundreds of victims, sometimes thousands. As I mentioned, the three cases out of Norway, Scotland, and and, uh, Ireland represented 90 million victims. And I say, okay, how many of them did you find? Well, 56. Really? 56. We must start to do something about that. Yeah. I mean, and it is very difficult to find victims. Uh, I am working with a group out of uh, Canada that's put together some software to begin to track victims. And I really hope to build a global organization to begin to go after and locate and and help these victims of, of sex trafficking because they're just kind of anonymous out there. Their photograph exists forever, yeah. but how do you find them? Well, and especially when you're you're talking about third world countries where it, it is becoming so normal for, for kids to be sex trafficked. I mean, when you look at Cambodia, the Philippines, parts of Africa, I mean, how do we help these children normalize their lives again? Yes, and and it, even be able to locate them is is some of the challenge. Mm-hmm. I want to continue on here. I have a case that isn't on the on the Facebook page because I didn't bother sharing it with Susie yet. But it was <laughs> one of the cases that came right up in front of me, and I just thought it was a good example. The headline on this says Minnesota man sentenced in major child pornography case. So he's actually sentenced, and that's one of the things I wanted to bring out. He is thirty three. His name is Anton Alexander Mar. Marty Ninko. Marty Ninko. He's 33 and he's going to get 38 years in prison. Uh, And this is on one count of production of child pornography, one count of distribution of it, and one count of advertising it. One count each, folks. If you're out there and you're thinking of doing child pornography, I'd like you to think about that. This is a federal case, so that means that he's probably going to have to spend. 90% 90% of that 38 years in prison. A lot of times on state cases, you can get off younger. But here's what he did. He went on and he solicited explicit images of more than 150 young men. I want you to hear that loud and clear because we always think of it as girls being exploited. In child pornography, a lot, I don't know the percentage, but a lot of the victims are young males. And that's a problem. And one of the reasons why I believe that we need to go after this is because I believe that if you have a male victim who is being sexually exploited and he does not get psychological counseling, some percentage, I'm not going to say a large percentage, but some percentage of them grow up to be abusers themselves. 
And I think that that is some of the cycle of the problem. I'll never forget about a year and a half ago, a case we had of a pediatrician back in, I think it was Ohio. He looked like a great guy. I would have taken my kids to him in a heartbeat. He was a pediatrician who was helping children be born into the world. And he was sent to prison for violating infants. And he said, and I'm not forgiving him in any way, but he said in there as he was going off to prison, I realized I was violated as a child and I never dealt with it. And that's my responsibility. And I, I do commend him for at least accepting some responsibility. But I do think that there's not enough information out there about how many males who have been violated that end up becoming violators. And, you know, what this guy did is he fed up, set up a face, um, fake account on Facebook and he posed as a woman telling the victims he had just moved to Minnesota and he wanted to make friends. Then he would engage in sexually explicit conversations with the victims until he sent them explicit photos. And I often talk to kids out there, the minute you've sent that first photo, you are trapped because then they want more photos and they want photos of you having sex and sex with other kids. And it goes on and on and on. As we've started to talk about from Mary Aiken's book, this accelerates. It becomes absolutely a monster in your soul and there is never, never enough. Now, I want Susie to share with you a case that is going to be on Facebook, if it's not already. Oh, it's Uh, there. (laughs) Okay. And this is about a cop from NYPD that Mm -hmm. was sentenced to 28 years. Yeah, this story comes from April 20th, uh, 2017, and uh, it was a former sergeant of the New York City Police Department. He was sentenced on April 19th after being found guilty of sexually exploiting children. Uh, This case uh, came from investigations from ICE uh, Homeland Security. We've talked about their involvement in these kinds of cases. Uh, Alberto Randazzo, who's 40, from Astoria, New York, was sentenced to 28 years imprisonment and eight years of supervised release and sex offender registration for sexual exploitation and receipt of child pornography. In July of 2016, Randazzo pleaded guilty to two counts of conspiracy to sexually exploit a child and one count of receipt of child pornography. According to court filings, from as early as 2010 through 2013, he targeted women through websites such as Ashley Madison and Match.com. These are dating websites and persuaded them to sexually abuse children to whom they had access so he could watch the abuse. Uh, Randazzo was caught in February 2013 when a witness found disturbing text messages on his phone and uncovered emails from women sending Randazzo pictures of them molesting their children. When the witness confronted him, Randazzo admitted his sexual interest in mothers having sex with their children. That's pretty perverse. Um, Based on the information obtained from the witness and the photographs, The Internal Affairs Bureau of the NYPD obtained a search warrant for Randazzo's apartment and found numerous images and videos of child pornography, including a number of videos of child porn that were created by Randazzo himself. Randazzo was arrested and charged in Queens Criminal Court. Uh, He had been, at that time, a member of NYPD for 15 years. Uh, While on bail... 
in connection with this case. Randazzo was discovered by special agents of HSI to be downloading child pornography, which led to the federal investigation and federal charges. Basically, while he's being investigated for the case, he's still in his addiction downloading that pornography. At sentencing, the government presented evidence that at least five women complied with Randazzo's solicitations and sexually abused children in order to satisfy his sexual desires. Randazzo's victims ranged in age from a few months to eight years old, and he traveled out of state to watch two of them be molested in person. Randazzo arranged to have the eight-year-old victim drugged so that he would not remember the abuse. Three of the women Randazzo solicited have also been charged in the Eastern District of New York. Two have pleaded guilty, one of whom was sentenced to five years imprisonment, one of whom is awaiting sentencing, and another is awaiting trial. I think I'm going to go take a shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can never wash this away. Yeah. This, is, this, this is someone so perverse and running rampant, obviously, in, in his perversion i wanted uh susie to share this show with you folks just to kind of help you understand this is as evil as it gets and one of the problems with it is none of us want to look at it i don't know about you but this kind of thing makes me just just makes me sick uh, if it doesn't there's something wrong with you okay uh you look at this. Now, here's a man who's apparently intelligent. He's a sergeant. You don't get to be a sergeant at NYPD unless you're good at what you do. Um, and, I mean, he knows the law. He knows this is wrong. He, uh, theoretically, if you're a cop, you have some level of moral compass. So how do you divide yourself into a point where you can... Uh, do this kind of thing now you know we know cops aren't saints cops are human beings there are good cops there are bad cops and for the most part most of the cops that i know are really really amazing people who want to do the right thing who literally put their life on the line who go the second mile i think about the cops that i work with in child uh, sex trafficking They are just some amazing people, family people, who will do whatever they can to protect their family. But we have one here, and quite frankly, I mean, think about the price this man's about to pay. Now, I'm not excusing that, you know, trust me, everybody that follows Susie's Facebook page will say, you know, they should castrate the blah, 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 and hang Mm -hmm. him up by the blah, 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 okay? I get it. But here's a man that's sent to 28 years. The rest of his life will be living hell, as it should be. That means he'll be at least 68 years old. But he could not quit. He, you know, even though he, he was a cop who was disgraced, even though he was already being investigated and on parole, I believe, He continued on. You see, this is the point I want to make. And I really want to start to understand the role of the Internet in this thing. Because what happened here is he found women willing to do this. And he used text messaging and he he went on these dating sites. 
Now, Ashley Madison, quite frankly, is not a dating site, in my opinion. Ashley Madison is the one that advertises that housewives who want to have sex in the middle of the afternoon who are married, you know, kind of thing. So, I mean, each to their own. But what he did was found women who apparently needed to impress him so much that they sacrificed their child. So, as we're beating up NYPD sergeant here, let's take a look at those mm-hmm. mothers, yes. you know. And you would not believe another a number of women that are involved in child pornography that are willing to sacrifice their child. This one woman is willing to drug her eight-year-old child mm-hmm. and and offer, offer him up as a sacrifice in the need to get Randazzo's approval. And you just go... Hmm. You know, how do you get from a point from A to B? And how do we stop this? Is there enough education in the whole world to begin to take this on? And I'm not sure. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back to Opal and Susie, and we are with Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This show is brought to you by Million Kids, and we were deep in the heart of analyzing this show, this case, about former NYPD Sergeant Randazzle. So what he did was uh, an interesting thing. He not just uh, didn't just take the photographs, but he talked some women into cooperating with him uh, based on the fact that they wanted to please him. 
So as I try to analyze this, I never look at this kind of thing uh, just for the salacious nature of it. It is disgusting, it is despicable, and it is really heartbreaking, especially for the children involved in this, because they are not only being violated by a cop, they are being violated by their own mother for the cop's pleasure. And, you know, that is some sort of pain and that you will live with for the rest of your life. And I especially worry about uh, the boys in that situation, especially the eight-year-old who was drugged, because I worry that if they don't get strong psychological counseling, if we don't locate these kids, if we don't get them help, that this cycle will expand and and that it will just be a continuing generational cycle as hurt people hurt people. So I really want to close out the last section here with Susie and talking about what can we do. Well, obviously, if you know anything or anybody that might be violating a child, please contact NECMEC, National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and that's at one 888 Susie will give you that number again as the close of the show. But Susie and I really want to take this on, quite frankly. And so if you are aware of any of it, let us know. If you're willing to help us with research, let us know. If you're willing to write articles to bring attention to this, let us know. Because, quite frankly, we must take this on. As Susie said, this is a global problem. Very seldom do you have small groups of people get together in their own neighborhood. These are large-scale rings that are connected. And, And it's an interesting thing because we must start to look out for each other. We must educate our kids to talk about if they're being uh, approached on the internet, you know, especially in third world countries, if they're being approached to send a naked photo, you know, if they're being violated, that they must report this. That is not acceptable because this is about to reach levels of violation that we cannot see. As Mary Aiken says, once these people get into communities, then it becomes normalized. Fetishes become normalized. You know, they become competitive. They get in these rings and it's, hey, guys, I'll trade you three of these for four of those. Check this out. We have this child in a cage, you know, I'll sell you this photograph. And it is not going to stop until we unite and stop it. I want to share with you somebody who I don't know and I would love to meet someday. It's somebody that I've discovered on the Internet myself. And he is a priest. His name is Father, forgive me, Father, if I don't (laughs) say your name right, Father Fortunato de Noto is what I believe it is, and he is famous in Italy, and I have been following his work. He has committed over 20 years to protecting children from pedophilia, and he actually runs a program where they track down the monsters on the web. He believes that there are over 10 million victims of child pornography online, and I believe that number is very small. This article was written before they found the 90 million in the three cases I refer to. He himself is very involved in tracking these down 
and he said that um, that we have accompanied about 70 miners last year and about 20 since the beginning of the year. Our association has reported over 100,000 sites and over 1 million photos and videos to the police in the last 10 years. So here is a priest in Italy who has decided to take this on. And we need to all come together and begin to work together and support each other in this. So at this point, I'm going to close out and turn it over to Susie. I want her to just kind of share with her the work of the priest and um, and also what you can do to get involved. I hope you folks have a great week and I'll see you next week. Susie, you want to take it from here? I sure will. I was going to read a portion of this uh, this interview that they did with Father Fortunato De Noto. Uh, uh, the question was asked, the Internet has opened new scenarios of violence and perversion on children. How can we protect ourselves? And Father, uh, Father Fortunato De Noto says, from a technological point of view, the pedophile is an extremely refined criminal. He is also extremely dangerous since he lives in a community. He looks up child pornography on the internet, buys and exchanges it. The phenomenon concerns also newborns and even unborn children. Whereas we leave children on their own with the atomic bomb of the web. They are orphans, although they have both parents, with a mouse in their hand and a touch screen before them. The responsibility of the adults is great. We must assist our children's use of new technologies according to their age. The age of many minors changes, and along with it grows the risk of being lured via fake profiles of peers, for example. Taking advantage of their curiosity, they can be involved in conversations on sexual topics. We need to know and face the risks. It is a global emergency that requires a global, coordinated action of the forces of order and social workers, but also that of the church and other religious institutions. Hey, folks, if you want to get involved, if you know of any child that that has been exploited online or is being sex trafficked, you can report it to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children online using their cyber tip line. Just go to www.missingkids.com. If you have enjoyed the show today and have learned something, We have archived many, many shows over the last couple of uh, seasons. In fact, we're on our fourth season now. You can find all of our archived shows and for free get human trafficking, sex trafficking, child exploitation training, how to identify uh, whether there's exploitation going on by going to www.exploitedcrimes.com. We thank you for joining us. We're with Million Kids, and you can find Million Kids at millionkids.org. Follow us on Facebook. We, uh, we are here to educate and to, uh, to prevent this from happening to, to more kids. So thank you for joining us today. We look forward to hearing from you. Uh, you can always email us at info at millionkids.org, and we hope you have a good week. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.